kids podcast. <laughs> you can go slow. A kids podcast about. The 2020 Paralympics are currently underway in Tokyo, following the 2020 Olympic Games. What sets the Paralympic Games and their athletes apart from the Olympic Games? The answer is worth noting. The Paralympic Games is an international sports competition for athletes with disabilities. The Games occur in conjunction with the Olympic Games and similarly split into the Winter Games and the Summer Games. There are currently 28 Paralympic sports sanctioned by the International Paralympic Committee, or IPC. These include 22 summer sports and 6 winter sports. Listen as I read the events to see what sounds familiar to you and what might be new. The summer sports include archery, athletics, badminton, bocha, canoe, cycling, equestrian, football five-a-side, goalball, judo, powerlifting, rowing, shooting para-sport, sitting volleyball, swimming, table tennis, taekwondo, triathlon, wheelchair basketball, wheelchair fencing, wheelchair rugby, and wheelchair tennis. The winter sports are alpine skiing, biathlon, cross-country skiing, para-ice hockey, snowboard, and wheelchair curling. Do you recognize any of the sports I shared? Did you notice any words that, when paired, made the sport slightly different, like wheelchair tennis? Many of the sports played at the Paralympic Games closely resemble their Olympic game counterparts, but with accommodations, such as different equipment used by the athletes competing. Because every athlete's disability is different, the Paralympic athletes compete in six different disability groups— amputee, cerebral palsy, visual impairment, spinal cord injuries, intellectual disability, and les autres, which is French for other or another. Les autres is the group for athletes with disabilities that do not fit into one of the other five categories, such as people who have dwarfism. Paralympic athletes are as varied as the ways that they compete in each sport, and for me, watching the Paralympic Games gives me an entirely different appreciation for athletes because they are using their bodies in ways different from how I use mine. When I watch skiing in the Olympic Games, I think, well, I could probably learn to ski because I know how to ice skate and maybe balancing and movement are similar, but I don't think I'll ever be able to go down a mountain the way those Olympic skiers do. When I watch alpine skiing in the Paralympic Games, it looks unlike any way I've seen skiers descending a mountain before. Some Paralympic skiers use a piece of adaptive equipment called a sit-ski, which allows athletes to do exactly as the name implies. Watching these athletes compete and perform gives me a deep appreciation for human ingenuity, athleticism, and the competitive spirit. And when I watch the goalball competitions, forget it. Three-on-three goalies, on the ground, trying to block the opponents from scoring while balls are thrown dodgeball-style at you, and the only protective gear you are wearing are goggles. That's extreme. The Paralympic Games first took place in Rome, Italy, in 1960. Though technically they began as the Stoke-Mandeville Games in 1948, at the opening ceremony of the London Olympic Games. 
Dr. Ludwig Gutmann organized the first competition for wheelchair athletes after opening a spinal injuries center at the Stoke Mandeville Hospital in Great Britain after World War II. The first Paralympics Winter Games were held in Sweden in 1976, and shortly thereafter, in 1988, the Summer and Winter Paralympic Games began being held in the same cities, following the same schedule as the Olympic Games. These 2020 Olympics were the first time in my memory that I can recall the Olympics and Paralympics being promoted hand-in-hand. That decision brings much greater awareness to the Paralympic Games and their athletes, but it also elevates the Paralympic Games to the same level as the Olympics. The logos are displayed side by side. Many companies are centering athletes of both the Olympic and Paralympic Games. We are in a moment of visibility and of value that has not before been shown to the Paralympic Games, and this is of note for so, so many reasons. But let's do what gives you the greatest sense of connection to these games. Let's tell stories, and let's learn names. Paula Kohli, an 18-year-old athlete from India, participates in badminton, one of two new events added to the Paralympics this year. Having only taken to the sport a few years ago, her meteoric rise is garnering attention all over the world. Swimmer Abbas Karimi, born without arms and diagnosed with a congenital limb deficiency, represents millions of displaced people all over the world as one of six athletes on the Paralympic refugee team. Ibrahim Habmatu, a table tennis player from Egypt, also competes without the use of hands or arms, holding the racket in his mouth and serving with his foot. Ibrahim's Athleticism is a reminder of surpassing limitations, no matter who holds those limitations in mind. There are countless other names and teams and events to name. But most importantly, and as always, the very best each of us can do is to go see for ourselves and go learn for ourselves. Visibility comes not only to those given a chance to be seen, but also to those who give others the chance by looking. So here's your homework. Go watch performances from the 2020 Paralympic Games. I highly recommend goalball. Observe how the Paralympic athletes compete and how they use their bodies to achieve greatness. Consider how you use your body and how you move about the world. Watch, celebrate, and talk about the names and events and wins that left an impression on you. Take note of your thoughts and your reactions as you watch. Ask yourself what these thoughts and reactions reveal about you and about how you walk through the world as well. It takes a great deal of strength and perseverance to compete on the world stage and also to see others as they are, in their strength, their beauty, and their perseverance. I'm Matthew, and this is Worth Noting. Worth Noting is written and produced by me, Matthew Winner. Audio production is by Chad Michael Snavely and the team at Sound On Studios. Our executive producer is Jelani Memory, and this show was brought to you by a kid's podcast about... Listen to other podcasts made for kids just like you by visiting akidsco.com.
We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cosy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.